0: When did you find your community? When I started this, the gear was starting to become more mainstream. Before then, a person just got on all fours, wore a chain collar or a dog collar, and they said, Wow, wow, I'm a dog, right? Right.
1: Welcome to another episode of Primary Care. I'm your host, Dr. Hendrix. This episode of Primary Care is sponsored by Rougiette Health. More than just an ED treatment. First of all, thank you so much for coming. Well,
0: I am Pup Ace. Uh My human name is Mark Salinas. I am a Texas native. I've been living in Austin for the last, well, at least 10 years. What
1: does the word kink mean to you?
0: Well, it's interesting because the word kink, it is anything that has to do with any sort of sexual concept, sexual fantasy, sexual idea, or even sexual practice sure. that brings some sort of interest to you, right? Sure. It's interesting also because uh, there are a lot of other countries or languages that don't use a word like kink, they use just fetish, which fetish is defined as a sort of need Sure. that also me being, or me identifying as asexual, it's not an urge for me. I don't, I don't see people and I'm not just like, oh, I I want to go and do
1: the deed with them. Right. So you define yourself as asexual? Yes, I am Oh, okay, great. Yes. It's really probably interesting for people in our audience. I'm familiar with what that means, but if you want to kind of give a definition of what asexual is. Asexuality is defined. (laughs) not
0: having or having a very low amount of sexual attraction, experiencing a very low amount of sexual attraction. I know that a lot of people have this sort of stereotype that asexuals are like, oh, no, not sex. Uh, I don't want to see it. I don't. uh." And that's not my case. There are asexuals that are repulsed, but there are also allosexuals or people that experience sexual urges regularly or very frequently that are also
1: sex repulsed. Just being sex repulsed doesn't mean that you're asexual. Right. It's It's complicated. Yeah. (laughs) Before getting into pup play, did you always have like an inclination towards animals or dogs? Did you grow up with dogs? Is it just sort of random that this is something you identified with? People that are not involved in it find it very easy to conflate Sure. The ideas of
0: that this is connected to biological animals right. in general. I did own a dog. I owned a few dogs while I was growing up, but the idea never was that oh, I want to role play a dog. I found the hood. I found the community, and so it came up, and I was like, well, sure, let me give it a shot.
1: Did the dog hood sort of speak to you, or did you just kind of put it on and it feel right? I won't say that
0: my initial dog hood spoke to me. <laughs> uh, the idea of anonymity spoke to me. Sure. So I was like, this is an appealing way and a funner way to remain anonymous while yeah. out at bars.
1: Gotcha. It can't just works. But when you're in this, in like sort of kink, I guess, are interested in this sort of realm, does it make it difficult to form a community when it may be predominantly a sexual type of experience, or would you say it's not? Animal roleplay in general is just
0: such a big umbrella. Yeah. And I think that some people might have already heard of, like, furries. Yeah. Uh, some people may not have heard so much uh, of primal players. And then we have pet players. There are plenty of pet players because pet play is usually seen, or puppy play, is usually seen as the sort of leather sexual thing. Of, right. Like, oh, dominant, subservience. and and there has to be sex and all that but there are a lot of people that come into this more for the social aspect and they might find it meaningful to also interact with such gear or with such role play in mind sexually
1: Right. it's it's not always sexual. (laughs) Being asexual how does that dominant submissive sort of dynamic work in putt player? Is that something that you kind of avoid or how do you incorporate it in your personal experience? Is there a, a role there for being submissive or dominant? I don't
0: have a master. I
1: don't have a
0: Owner. I don't have a handler I don't have a trainer
1: right That's no, it's just right.
0: not the lifestyle I want to live so I don't sure. I don't have a dominant to myself but I will allow for people to take on this role freely as they feel fit
1: Sure because I will also be dominant
0: to other people. There are puppies that'll come up and they're like, oh, I want to be your little puppy. I'm like, okay, cool.
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Kind of taking back to when you got your first hood and you were in that experience, did you present that to your friends? Like, how did you bring that about, uh, you know, incorporating that into your life? Like, I mean, obviously you were in that situation, you put it on, it felt good, you were interested in, in proceeding with adapting this into your life, but how did that go about? What was that journey like for you?
0: Maybe the way to answer this question is that for those that are not so involved in the community or hadn't seen me with my hood yet, it was such a transient thing. It was just like, oh yes, I'm going to the fetish event, I'm going to be wearing this Sure, thing. sure. And if they wanted to ask, fine. If they didn't, also fine. Yeah. I tend to try to surround myself with very open-minded people to right. begin with. They'll either ask if they really care to know more, or they'll just be like, oh weird, okay.
1: <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so being asexual, do you find interest in having a partner that is also not a sexual partner, but just someone to sort of spend your time with? Or do you prefer to be alone? Life partnerships, I think a lot of people seek them.
0: Yeah.
1: There there is something nice
0: about having somebody that you can rely on and somebody that you can have a very intimate connection with. Sure. I don't currently have that, but uh, who's to say that it won't happen, right? Yeah, absolutely. I don't personally seek it out. I'm not a person that's like, oh, I need to date. I need to date. Right. Some of my insecurities sometimes get in my way because they're like, oh, but you should. But, you know, people might reject you because of the way that you think about sexuality because it's such a big thing for so many people. There's no need to
1: be seeking it out. Sure. I'm
0: managing just fine. It's not like I need it in yes. my life. But it is a nice to have.
1: Yeah, for sure. And are the conventions pretty often? Or are they? would you say you could find one relatively easily? We have the Austin Kink Weekend. And, you know, they have a large market space. They
0: have large 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 dance parties. They have several different play spaces, lots of different learning events and opportunities. We have the Austin Rubber Roundup as well that happens every February. So this year was also its second year. Next year it'll be its third year. As far as Texas, we have the Southwest Leather Plains Festival in Dallas that happens every March. We have the gear, leather, uniform, et cetera, the glue convention a that lot. happens in October in Houston. Uh, we and that's just Texas. Yeah, we have My RGB goodness. Leather Pride, too. They have contests Whoa. early in the year. So down south, uh, San Antonio has its leather contest. Uh, it has a puppy weekend. It has
1: <laughs> everything. Yeah. <laughs> and when you go to these conferences, do you present fully in gear, or do you usually go as your human self and transition into gear while you're there? I tend to gear up and look pretty for the day. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> With whatever assortment of gear that I've collected over the years. And do you see your human self and your pup play self as different entities? Do you have different personalities? Are you kind of the same? How would you describe your two personas?
0: I would say that there is some sort of acceptance towards maybe some sillier, more playful aspects whenever people see somebody in some sort of hood like this. sure, It makes people just be like, oh, look, a puppy. haha, <laughs> I'm going to pet them. And it makes it easier for a person to just like, come up or be very close or just like pop your head into a conversation. Yeah, like Snuggle up to somebody. To a stranger I won't just like come up and pounce on them or right. like snuggle up to them. I might just give like a shoulder bump and be like hi. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe like just stick my nose in between a couple of heads that are having a conversation and just be like hey. <laughs> for sure. Uh, as a person I won't do that. And so instead I will come up like a normal person and say hi. Yeah,
1: <laughs> for sure. Hey folks, my podcast Primary Care is sponsored by Rougiate Ready, the latest pharmaceutical Advancement in erectile dysfunction. This is a sublingual compounded treatment using three ingredients: sildenafil, tadalafil, and apomorphine, and it works up to five times faster than pills and chewables. We give you a promo code, Primary Care, for 20% off your first order and free shipping. Now, let's get back to uh, the content. Do you ever find yourself in a situation where you're uncomfortable because maybe people are getting too close in their pup outfit or even in their human presentation? And I have come across several different local events from different regions in which people have. A little more aggressive,
0: maybe? They've touched either myself or people in ways that are not appropriate to the situation. Right it's like, hey, you can't do that. And then they're like, oh, well, I was just being friendly. Right. No, you still
1: have to ask for consent. That's exactly. not okay. Consent always, for mm-hmm. sure. I first sort of like come out in my, into my queerness and was going to bars and stuff. There was no social media. And so you could meet people and then maybe never see them again. So there was this sense of like, I can just be myself or who I am for the moment. You know, the next night be somebody different. Whereas now it seems like everything is sort of tracked, you know, as <laughs> you meet somebody, they know your face, they find you online and they may be following you for many years and you may not even know, which is not a bad thing. You know, it's actually... It's the way society's moved, there's a lot of, I think, freedom in wearing a hood and having that feeling of being anonymous or picking up who you want to be that day around that group of people. So you mentioned the ropes. Rope play is, is honestly my, my first and true
0: love whenever it comes to fetish and kink. Yeah. Pink. It's interesting the way that you work rope like a puzzle to make sure that people stay restrained or that people get put in certain positions whether they're more pleasurable or more painful sure depending on the wants of the current play session right yeah you know seeing scenes in movies or shows or stuff like that where rope would be involved or somebody getting tied up it was interesting sure and i would sneak in of course to hear a little piece of rope or some sort of whatever i could whenever i could in the shadows uh, while I was younger to be like oh let me like try this out yeah and with the advent of the internet during that time and
1: maybe I was a little too young to be seeing some of these things I think people would probably be confused as to understand how ropes come into being asexual because it seems like quite a sexual experience how have you kind of incorporated that to your lifestyle with still remaining sort of asexual?
0: It is true that it is sexual for a lot of people. A lot of people find a touch, a hug, a kiss, sexual immediately. They're like ah yes this has to be that. Right. But that just isn't the case. Like touch, hug, feel is just such an intimate and affectionate thing for me. I don't necessarily find it arousing or I don't necessarily find it something where I'm like, ah, yes, now that I've touched this person, I immediately am now like, I want the deed with you. Right. Right. Right.
1: <laughs> Do you feel sort of like a, a sense of comfort or like a sense of community or, or intimacy when you're using ropes with someone or how would you kind of describe that experience?
0: Yeah. Uh, and I would say that it is It is an intimate experience. I am a much more sensual tire. I am also an enjoyer of being tied more sensually. Uh, sure. The touch, the wrapping of the ropes, the pulling of the ropes around the body or through the body. Yeah. Uh, once somebody is bound or once I'm bound, it's just that that moment is a it's a deeper connection once you're once you're right there and done yeah and now you are either responsible for this person that is heavily bound or it is uh, that you are under somebody else's care and you can kind of just let go yeah so an enjoyable experience from both sides because now there's some sort of calm or sense of like being brought down and
1: compressed into something right. smaller sure even myself i find um sensuality to be so equal to sexuality and it doesn't necessarily have to be that way well like, even with something more
0: innocent too like massage a lot of people are always like, "Oh, you're going to a massage therapist? Ooh, you're gonna do silly stuff." It's right. like, no, I'm going to get a massage. Like right. I feel really like I'm tight over here on my it's shoulder, true. and I'm, my butt is like tight. Yeah, I need, exactly. Need it out, please. <laughs> please.
1: I'm a big massage fan, and you're you're absolutely right because I love getting massages. But you can take it in the wrong direction. Really, for me, it's about relaxation, and I you know work out a lot, so I get a lot of muscle pain. You can get a lot of comfort from a hug, from a kiss, from a touch, from intimate time together. That doesn't necessarily have to be sexual. And that's good. I mean, sexuality is complicated and opening up a dialogue regardless of what your perspective is, is going to help other people understand you better and understand that sexuality doesn't have to be like plus or minus, you know, black or white. It can really be anywhere along the spectrum. And really having your voice advocate for people out there who are asexual, who may not even know that they're asexual, they just feel different or feel as though they don't fit into a box of of what's presented in mainstream media and just the people around them. So I think it's really interesting. I have never actually met an asexual Sexual person. So you're the first one, which is great because that means I can learn a lot from you. And have you ever been in a situation where someone was vanilla and they wanted to learn and you were a teacher in that aspect? Yeah,
0: absolutely. So I regularly educate here in the area whenever it comes to rope. uh, And I like to show off my rope as well. So if anybody, if I ever in passing, mention that I am a rigger, that I do rope work or something like that, sometimes people are curious. They're like, wait, so what is this about? Yeah and I'm like okay here uh, I'll show you like some basics right I'll, sure. I'll show some simple tie and they'll be like oh my gosh that's so cool and I'm like it's fun it's nice and there was there wasn't any of like that warm flush there wasn't any of that necessarily sure. like intimacy there wasn't any like sexual anything to right. it it was just me teaching
1: somebody sort of time and place determines how you're going to respond and, and sort of how your strategy is going to be when you're either talking about pup play exhibiting pup play talking about ropes exhibiting ropes with with people for people out there who don't even know if they're interested in kinks. You know, how do you get started or or where's the first place to get started? How do I get my partner to be interested in something that I may want to try, which are hard questions, you know? (laughs) Yeah, they are. And I would say to the first, if you're interested in getting
0: into the kink community, the queers are (laughs) a fantastic way to get into it. Yes. (laughs) As far as getting a partner into it, well, you can't control what your partner likes. Right.
1: (laughs) Add us on Instagram at primary care pod. Catch up on past episodes and don't miss out on new ones. Subscribe to the podcast on YouTube, iTunes, and Spotify at primary care pod.